Hello, and welcome behind the bar of A Quiet Thulu. I'm Flower, and again I am interviewing one each of the members of A Pint of Cthulhu. Well, today we have, well, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Sarjay. I'm one of the players on Pint of Cthulhu, and hopefully going to be running Season 4. Hmm. I did not know that. Some hot new info for you there, Flower. Ah. I, I like hearing some of the um, behind the scenes and a bit of gossip, would you say? Yeah, Obviously. a little bit of deets. Hmm. Um, might be a bit of a silly question this one, but well, give us a, a vague area where you're from. UK, US? Scot Scotland specifically, in the UK obviously. Kappa is also from here. And there's Matt and Cartman from England and Josh and Chicken from them. Great old USA. Hmm. Yes. So, what games or systems have you tried in the past? For TTRPGs, I've mostly just played D&D before I got going with the podcast. Obviously, now I've played Call of Cthulhu as well and the Fallout RPG. I've had brief looks into smaller TTRPGs, but never really played them much. For D&D, it's 5th edition. Mm. Stick to what you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Can't go wrong with the classics. No, no you can't. The classics for a reason. I think I've mainly I should say I started with D D and went into like Call of Cthulhu. But it always comes back to D D for me. Well, I think it's because it's one of the older games that's had a lot of time for the fan base to adapt it to different things. D&D is not originally a horror TTRPG, but you bet some people have found a way to run it that way. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think because I think um, when you guys were playing, there was a bit of horror aspects that Tukin brought in. Yep, and a whole lot of uh, silly hijinks as well, as is true for all D&D campaigns. Yeah, what's, what's that mean? You think it's Lord of the Rings, but it ends up being a life. No, not a life of Brian, what's it called? Holy Grail. Yeah, <laughs> Monty Python. Yep. Uh, we even had our own killer bunny. Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, um, well, what made you want to try the games you've played? Uh, with... D&D &D, was a great love of fantasy, quite like Tolkien, I quite like fantasy games. I tried uh, some, I don't know what to call it, like Guild Wars 2, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where it's kind of the same idea of a world, you know, elves, dwarves, weird plant people, that kind of deal. Before, and I'd be interested in trying D&D for a while. Because it was part of that whole fantasy experience. And also because I knew I'd end up a whole dice goblin. Ah, a fellow goblin, I see. <laughs> I have to click them all. I'll have to show you some of them that we have, we've been collecting. Oh, yeah. So, why did you pick this group? Well, I already knew Matt, I think, very loosely from Twitch. I wasn't... I don't want to say I wasn't friends with any of them beforehand, but I'd only really interact with Matt a couple of times, and he was looking for people to join a TTRPG-based podcast playing Call of Cthulhu. Mm. I'd heard of Call of Cthulhu, 
vaguely, hadn't played it before and was pretty interested. Got along well with the rest of the group and just kept going from there. Ah. Have you played much outside the Pinter's group? I've played mostly D&D outside of it. I've played a couple campaigns, I've DM'd a couple campaigns for small groups. But I haven't played Cold Cthulhu outside of it. Okay. I'm kind of the same. Um, what do you want to try next? Honestly, I'm down to try just about anything. I desperately want to DM a D&D campaign at some point for a bit more of an experienced script than I have been DMing newbies in small numbers. But as far as games go, I'm down to try something new at any time. Matt and I make a habit of going through Kickstarter every now and again to get ideas for future seasons, to find promising TTRPGs to back, to look into. There's yeah. a lot of interesting ones out there, and a lot of unfinished ones out there too. Some of them can be actually quite interesting if you get them unfinished, because you can change them for how you want them. True. I like to collaborate with the maker and might be able to help them finish it off. Wouldn't put that past Matt to be honest. Oh. From what I've heard about you as well and the little like what was it, the your solo thing from campaign two, I wouldn't be surprised if it worked for you as well. Maybe. I enjoyed the episode. Glad you did. That's one I want. I'm not gonna lie, when I run mine, I'm going to listen to that episode again to help me a little bit. It was quite... very chaotically planned. Exactly what I think I've got planned for when I run mine. It's good for interesting. It'd be interesting for me to take notes of how you've dealt with it. Fair enough. Uh, where do you see this podcast going, or would like to see it go? I think it'd be good just to see it steadily grow and increase in popularity, and it is going pretty good. As an endgame for it, I kind of want us to tighten down on the storytelling of it. Really, uh, whatever going to be the next, you know critical role or D20 or whatever else. You know? But yeah. I wouldn't mind us get, like we're going to gain more experience as time goes on. And we're going to get better and better playing the games and better and better at telling the stories. Mm. I think it'd be just good if it keeps growing. be a bit fun if we could do some live plays sometimes. And just keep trying more games. Yeah, like Go to conventions, like advertise and stuff. Yeah. I think the numbers are slowly increasing, which is always a good sign. Yep, they've yet to go down. <laughs> That's good. You just need to find the stride of the um, the audience, and it would be that's a fast pace, I think. Um, if you were to were to run a game, one shot or campaign, what system would you want to run? 
To be honest, I'd love to run D&D. Spoiler alert, I'm not running D&D for the fourth season because we've already done that pretty recently with Tokens Campaign. Yep. But if I was going to run a full season and I had no restrictions on it, it would be a D&D campaign. I'm incredibly familiar with the system compared to how I am with anything else. And it's got such a wide variety of stuff you can do. So many monsters, so many puzzles, so many different ways you can spin things with it because it's been going on for so long. That's probably what I'd choose. Plus, you can put your own Son J spin on it. Yep. Because I think from me listening to, as like probably other people have um, picked up on, you do seem like you know the rules and not stats, but you know you have a better grasp of the concept. I mean, the other guys have a good grasp as well, but it does seem like you're, like you said before, the more experienced. I'm not going to count myself as a super experienced player. I've played a few campaigns and DM'd a few incredibly small ones, but I have a basic understanding of the rules. If I was ever DMing it, I'd want to study up on them to be a little bit better with it. And because this is a recorded thing, there's a little element that I guess I even I don't think of that much. As a player, you need to remember what happened in the story last time, which I occasionally fail to do and remember your character stuff in the roles. As a DM, you have to keep your head on a lot more. So in D&D, when uh, Token was DMing, he had a lot more on his plate. So it probably shouldn't have been too surprising that I was piping up every now and again. Yeah. And of course, uh, even in the DM handbook, I think it has a rule saying all roles are negotiable, except for the fact that the DM is able to make any role they want. Yeah. Word is the law. Yes, the DM's word is the law. Yeah, and plus it's like all DMs are different play styles. Cause it's like if you run a game, it might you might have different rules. If two can run, two can run the thing, you have different rules. If yeah. Matt, me, me, everyone has their own DM style. That's yeah. true. In yeah. fact, the only one of us who, well, only two of us that won't have DM'd. Like so far, I haven't DM'd. Josh hasn't DM'd, and Cartman hasn't DM'd. I'm incredibly curious to see how Carmen's going to DM when it eventually does become his turn. I'm looking forward to that. I think Josh will... I can only imagine Josh is going to be some cyberpunk, grimdark kind of thing. Mm. The true dark age of kind of Cthulhu. It's got like different um, parts of it. be more wider net for, cast out for the, like... God, my mind. Um, audience bring more people in. Yeah. Different styles, different appeals. Yeah. Who would you like to have as a guest, either to GM or as a player? We've had a few guests on the podcast, and it's usually people who make TTRPGs. I'd love to get some of the Doom Song, yeah, mm. Doom Song cast in to play. I think it'd be very fun. Probably not, the, maybe not the Fallout campaign. I don't know if that's their kind of deal. But, uh, oh god, I'm terrible with names. There's, the, there's one person from the Dim Song campaign, I think they might be called Morgan, who made most of the Pantheon. And I'd be so excited to play with them or have them DM. Because their oh. ideas are just out of this world. Yeah, I think, I think it is that one, because 
I try to follow the interviews as much as I think is Morgan because it does the name does seem familiar to me. Yeah, we had an interview with them, and it was really interesting. Yeah. And if anyone out there has not listened to it, I recommend it. Yeah, and if anyone out there is looking for a new TTRPG to get into, Dim Song is incredible. Mm. I have rarely been so excited for something as I am for Dim Song, Lord have mercy upon us. The sheer... I said earlier that D&D has scale and has a lot in it because it's old. Doomsong is huge. Incredibly, like, vast in the world they've built. Despite it being a new one out. I'd heavily recommend it. It's like a... not... Ethan Ridge is a bit different, but like the Pandora's box is like such a little thing. Even from what I've... I've heard of it, from what I've heard from the... Um, interviews that you guys have done or the one shot it feels like there's so much in there you've not even got the tip of the iceberg from yeah we barely scratched the surface of doing some like the tiniest little scratch on the top of it I'm so excited to see where it goes I'm sure many else are I think the kickstarter did very well it did. Mm. I'm sure that won't be the only one. Alright, next question. What is your go-to class for games? You mean like D&D class, yeah? Uh, like anything? Um, like... I am a absolute sucker for paladins. Ah. Uh... I think... You get the best of both worlds. You're a fighter. You're a ma- mage, a magic user, and the amount of absolute nonsense you can get up to as a paladin is unmatched. There's nothing better than divine smiting on a crit. Yeah, me and you need to have conversations about paladins. <laughs> For me, it's like they are the optimal class to me. They're the most fun. Yep, very. I very much agree. I do very much agree. Peak. It's everything enrolled into one with a bit of self-righteous. Yeah. And you can make them a paladin of anything. Yeah. They can have anything as their belief. It's so good. It's like, like multi-class. Anything can multi-class into paladin. As long as you've got something yeah. to believe in. Oh, we're going, we, me and you are going to have conversations. <laughs> um... What have you learnt from doing the podcast? On a literal level, I've learnt a lot. I I haven't streamed in a while, but I used to stream on Twitch, so I was aware of some things, but I hadn't used Audacity before, I hadn't used Roll20 before, I hadn't looked into a lot of stuff, to be honest, and I had very limited knowledge of TTRPGs. I pretty much knew that Pathfinder existed. And D&D was good, and that was two things I knew about it. I've learned a lot more, got talking to a lot more people. I've also learned that there's a lot more thought you need to put into this stuff than I'm used to putting into things. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I always try to use get into your streams. They're always quite fun, but it was always, if it's a game I've interested in, 
or playing myself. It's, oh, you're always just a bit ahead of me, so I can't really <laughs> kind of... That's not the case now. I haven't streamed in about ugh, four months. Haven't, still haven't finished Mass Effect 3. We'll do so eventually, maybe, if I get time. Yeah, so you got probably have other things like, oh, you amazing art. Yes, and college, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, this is our um, Christmas break. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be spent catching up with everything I've left by the wayside. Including shows and families and friends. Yeah. Um, any memorable moments from the games? Oh, there's a ton. I think one that gets referenced by everyone a lot is the uh, shotgun baby explosion yep. from our Call of Cthulhu campaign. I remember that. We will never be over it, and I think it is hilarious. Uh, the TNT disaster that was the end of that campaign is a pretty memorable one, too. Yeah. From the D&D campaign, there's a lot of jokes and stuff that happened in it. Uh, dealing with the Dawn was fun, the whole Mafia boss goblin yeah. situation. That was a good moment. Funnily uh, enough, one of the moments I remember most is from very early in the Call of Cthulhu campaign, where uh, it was Enid I was playing at the time, she hadn't died yet. We were so far back that I hadn't experienced character death. <laughs> Not even once. And she'd got tossed into, she'd fallen through a gap in the floorboards in an old church. And there was this, like, like because the gang, the group of the podcast hadn't really known each other for that long. And we'd fallen into this quite funny banter of Gertrude refusing, of Enid refusing help and Gertrude eventually getting them out. And that's still one of the most fun moments I think we've had. It's nothing uh, big or dramatic, it was just good. Yeah, it it kind of like cements the little group. Yeah, it's like, okay, this works. And I think a moment, me personally, what I always remember is other than the baby. Um, <laughs> Because I have to explain, it's like, oh, what's this guy's like? Bit of warning, they can go a bit dark. What do you mean? Yeah, that, that Shotgun. was... <laughs> Baby. And, well, I met another memorable moment, which, oddly, oddly enough, involves you and Cartman. Oh? Spider Baby. Oh, Spider Baby. <laughs> Spider Baby. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I'm still... Like, there's... Some part of me that still wants to find a way to kill something Cartman loves over that. For those yeah, that watching the interview, yeah. For those watching the interview or listening to the interview that don't quite remember, uh, one of my characters in Call of Cthulhu had a wee spider-themed pet that was a horrible head crab-looking thing, and Cartman got left to Codium for a single session and managed to murder it. Uh. My rage is undying, and my child has not been avenged. One of these days, Carmen, revenge will be swift. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to adopt a dog and fall out or something. I'll be gunning for him immediately. I am looking forward to experiencing that. And you can mark one off and make it evil, even. Yeah. Happy murder, the new thing to look forward to. Yeah. Kindly, then, to my next question. Favourite character you have played? Honestly, Enid, by a mile. Mm. She had... She she lasted pretty much the longest, I think. 
of any of the Call of Cthulhu characters that I played. Uh, but she had such a personality and such like an easy, snappy way to fall into thinking. I don't think I've quite struck a balance between a character with a strong personality and a character that like makes sense. Sense. So Enid is still um, has a space in your heart. Yes. No. Matt has been joking with me for a while now because of the death toll in Cove Cthulhu. Uh, with a stamp card like you'd get from a bookshop or something. If you get ten stamps, you get something like a discount. He's oh, been joking yeah. that if I get six character deaths, or five character deaths, I can't remember which, he'd let me revive one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you're letting me bring Enid back, is what I hear. The deaths only, yeah. The deaths only count if he's DM, you know, so I'll have to wait until it's his turn again. I'd be friendly, like, random into a random TFTAPG. Oh, he got you six death in. <laughs> uh, trying to think. Uh, Pathfinder. Oh, look, Enid's appeared. <laughs> I'd love to play it straight like that. It's like, she doesn't even. The world does not make sense to her. <laughs> she mean transport into another TPRPG. An is it an Izakai from the anime? Izakai! <laughs> oh my god, a, a really crabby, traumatized 60 year old woman getting Izakai <laughs> into Pathfinder. <laughs> from an Eldritch dimension. That sounds wonderful. I'd watch it. Oh. And she's just been she's just been falling through space and time until yeah, instead she pops of that, out. Instead of that uh, swamp war, she's just falling through the universes. Oh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, if that happens, uh, yeah, I need to I need to hear that. Yeah, I'll speak to man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, convince him for me. Yes, he's gonna he's gonna get it in this anyway. So yeah, he's gonna cut this out so the public don't hear us. We <laughs> have to make this conversation last a bit longer. Yeah, we have to make a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if he does let me get away with a, because again, this is gonna be far in the future because Matt's not gonna be DMing for a bit. Uh, but if he does let me get away with reviving one of the characters from the card thing, and we have enough of a following at that point, I might make it a poll to see which one comes back. Yes. We'll just have to see. Oh, well, we should do like a, we should do like get Matt something doing the like a, a death poll serve in the Discord, and like who's died as like Captain's character, this, 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 your characters, yeah. this person, this person, this person. I think we have a channel labelled Fallen Investigators that has them all listed. Yeah, like that. Which, warning, is a spoiler channel, obviously, because it does have the deaths and oh, methods. True. Yeah, click here to... I think you can see like, the, the spoiler button, and it just pops yeah. out on names. And it's like, uh, Carl Cthulhu, spoiler. The D&D, spoiler. Fair enough. Yeah, I have too many ideas. Um... What is your go-to snack and drink when gaming? Well, we are called Pint of Cthulhu for a reason, so usually it's something kind of booze for the drink and a huge flask of water that I'm forever refilling. Uh, as for snacks, I tend not to snack when recording just because it will show up on the mic, especially since my mute button is, bro mute button is broken right now. But uh, for drinks, either 
Iron Brew Flavoured Wicked, which is a vodka iron brew drink mix that is always sometimes disgusting. Or a gin and tonic. Or Jack Daniels whiskey. Depends what I've got. I, I think I quite like the Iron Brew Wicked. But it's very sugary. Yeah, it's a 50-50 chance. It tastes like spoiled bubblegum, but that's just how it goes. Yeah. Where was it now? I think it was you guys talking about whiskey, bottles of whiskey. I think it was on the episodes of Pank, um, the Mind of Delver. Yeah, probably can't bring it up, if I had to guess. I not say anything because I might be getting done for um, what's it called? Stereotyping? <laughs> oh, is it a Scottish people have to like whiskey, huh? I did not say that. I refuse to agree or disagree. Fair enough. Uh, I think we're about three quarters into my questions. Um, if you could pick a game setting to run or play a game in, where would it be? setting her. Yeah. I think I'm a big fan of like very heavily themed campaigns. I'm not so much a fan of campaigns where you, like one session the party's in the desert, the next session they're in a jungle, the next session they're in the ocean or whatever. So I think um, something like in ice themed campaign where the entire thing takes place in like a far northern region would be fun. Either that or one where you go really hard into a like sort of tailored setting. Kinda of like how Doom Song is, where it's very like the whole place feels plague ridden. Big sandbox. Yeah. How how about like say you play in a world of um, fantasy Lord of the Rings or Spacey, uh, like oh, like a franchise kind of thing, like like we're doing with the Fallout. Uh, I don't know that I would want to play in the world of Mass Effect, much as I do love those games. Playing in Fallout's been pretty fun. I'd love to play in, like, if anyone ever made a Bloodborne TTRPG, I would be on that so fast, unironically. I can't play Bloodborne myself because I don't have the reflex for it, for it and it just the visuals aren't for me. Like, my eyes don't feel them well. Oh, yeah. Can't tell what's happening on the screen half the time of that game. But I love the aesthetics of it, I love the story of it. I think it would be very fun if I could ever have a campaign set in the Bloodborne. Like Monster Hunter, like Monster Slayers. Yeah. Kind of goes well back into uh, Paladin. Kind of does actually, although yeah. gods and Bloodborne have a complicated relationship. That'd be interesting. Like gothic monster slaves. Yeah. Going back to Cthulhu again. And also getting to put your players free Dark Souls kind of experience. How nice for them. I, th I think there is a Dark Souls TTRPG. There is, but it's not for Bloodborne. From what I know, it's from like the actual first game. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer to run or be in the games? I think 
for the podcast, I definitely prefer to. I think I'd prefer to be in them, just because running and planning something for this is somewhat stressful at the best of times. Outside of it, though, I'm very happy to run games or playing them, either or. Yeah, I get that. Into a bit more different sort of questions. Not that many left. If money wasn't an object, where would you travel to? I mean, I'd probably head over to America, just because Josh and Tucker are there these days, and there's a lot of stuff you can do in that place. Yeah. I'd, if honestly, if I had the money, like just enough money that I'd never need to care. I would not stop travelling for more than a month. I think I'd constantly be going different places. Different food, different experiences, different people. Yeah, just keep going. Keep experiencing new things. A pack of Thulu road trip. <laughs> I think we drive each other crazy for the first few hours. Probably, but that's what happens in the podcast. <laughs> True. No, that's what's all driving whoever is the DM crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, why am I getting like mental pictures of different, the face of the different GM is the driver and you guys yeah. are a bunch of kids in the back. Yeah, causing absolute chaos. Yeah, basically, yeah. Right. Um, one thing to do on your bucket list. That's a difficult one. I know that I want to leave the country again at some point. Just travel. I think I want to go back to the Munich markets pretty bad, to be honest. They're an absolute delight. But other than that, I can't really think of much. Pretty simple person. Content with the small things. And yet going to keep travelling for a month is... <laughs> That's a pipe dream. <laughs> I'd love to do it. You never know what Earth my life will bring. Could be, I don't know, two, three years from now, I could be doing a, a Pine Cthulhu travel, going to meet different to different cons. I think every single one of us would be ecstatic if that was a feasible thing for us to do in the future. You gotta have a goal. And I'll be there waving the little flag. Woo! <laughs> um, last couple of questions. Anything you would like to say to the listeners out there? Just thanks for listening, I guess. Thanks for coming along for the ride and the stories. Hope you like at least some of it. It's <laughs> very nice. And my final question, as I've asked everybody else, where can people find you? As of right now, I am busy as fuck IRL, so I am most likely to be found on the Point of Cthulhu Discord. I do have a Twitch channel, and I do occasionally, when I have time, run the Pick of Cthulhu Tumblr blog, which has some fan art for our various episodes on it. But yeah, through Discord is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. And of course, the Point of Cthulhu podcast as a whole is available on many different platforms and has a Twitter and all that and if you contact Matt on those you can probably get a message through too. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, all that's left is for me to basically thank you for your time of this little interview of mine. 
Yep, no problem. I've very much enjoyed it. And, um, be ready to start when you're ready? Yep. Uh, three, two, one.